everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi guys, just hopping in here to let you guys know that this episode is proudly sponsored by Imperfect Points Future Friendly Ballet Wear. I'm so happy to be working with them and we actually have a discount code for you which is HCP15 for 15% off the whole entire site. So if you've been eyeing up their leotards, you've been coming from their Instagram, now is your chance to go check out and buy a leotard because honestly it's so worth it. It's the future of you know ballet fashion in a sense and all their leotards are made in the UK they're made from recycled nylon and there's really nothing much more that you want in a leotard so I highly recommend you go check them out at imperfectpoints.com or at imperfectpoints on Instagram and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast in today's episode I'm joined with an exciting guest um, Tristan Simpson. Hi Tristan. Hey guys, hi. <laughs> Just want to say thank you for having me on. I love doing podcasts. I absolutely love doing podcasts. It's so much fun. Like right now, I literally just got ready for bed and I love that about podcasting mm. is that I don't have to like look good. Oh yeah. Because whenever same. I do YouTube videos, like I always have to like, it's so nice doing podcasting. Yeah. No, I'm literally in my pajamas. I just got back from doing a class and I was like I need to get out of this and put yeah. my videos on yeah. um yeah no same I love that I can just turn up looking like a slob yeah. <laughs> so let's get on to into our quick fire round just so the listeners if they don't mm-hmm. know you already can kind of like just get an idea um yeah. so where did you train you know whether it's be one school more whatever yeah so I am from a place just north of Los Angeles called Ventura County, California. And I first started dancing when I was 10. I did first I did gymnastics from age five to 10, which I think really helped me in my dance career. Um, so then I danced from age 10 to 15 at a very small studio called Bobby School Performing Arts. We were all a part of the comp life, you know, did all the competitions, did all that stuff. Um, mainly just did contemporary jazz, you know, hip hop. And I did do ballet, but the first three years, I absolutely hated it. I hated ballet, Um, but somehow I fell in love with it. I think it was because I realized that ballet would help my contemporary and jazz. And in the midst of that, I just kind of fell in love with it. So I started doing summer intensives, like I did Joffrey and then eventually I did SAB. And that's where I really, realized I love ballet and I wanted to like just do ballet. So when I was 15, I did Youth American Grand Prix and I got into Houston Ballet Academy and I went there for two years. And then after that, I decided to change things up. So I moved to Germany and attended the John Cranko School for two years. And then after that, I got an apprenticeship with Stuttgart Ballet and that's where I am now and I got the core contract for next year so I'll be core ballet with Stuttgart Ballet next year that's so exciting I love that yeah yeah, no that's amazing um yeah so that kind of just answered the next question of your current company which is Stuttgart 
Um, so what is your favorite dance brand or item and where's it from? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is hard to answer because honestly, now I wear all my old like dance clothes just like cut up <laughs> or like like pretty much all I wear. Well, okay, no, I do have a favorite, Lululemon. I wear oh. Lululemon all the time, Lululemon shirts, shorts, sweats, like I'm all about that. But dance wear, um, yeah, mainly just like cut up old tights or sometimes I'll wear a full length tight. I love just a white tank top. Like I keep mm-hmm. it very simple. Yeah. But no, not really any favorite dance brands, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of what I wear now. Okay. Yeah. I feel like when you become like when you kind of go into the professional realm and you don't have like a uniform, you can yeah. kind of just go whatever you want. Yeah, for sure. Pretty much. Um, so what's your favorite choreography that you've either learnt and have performed or haven't performed, like that you've had the chance of learning? Yeah, okay, that's funny. It's actually what I'm learning right now, which is mm-hmm. uh, Blake Works by William Forsythe. And they yeah. have their premiere, premiere on Saturday. And I'm actually getting put in, well, I think I'm getting put in this weekend, which is crazy because I was third cast and now I might be doing it with the second cast. And like, it has been the most fun experience. Like Forsyth is just an amazing style. It's classical ballet, it's lines, it's, you know, everything that you've trained for, but just made more fun. And it's, you know, it's to James Blake music. So Mm -hmm. honestly, what I'm learning now has been my favorite. Um, Yeah, also last year I did um, Abdallah, which is a Bourneville ballet with one boy and three girls. And like, while I hated it, it was so much fun because it was such a push as like someone who had been training Russian Pagana style. And then to have to like incorporate that into Bourneville technique was was really interesting. And it, and it was a big push, which I enjoyed. So yeah, mm. those two things. Literally, that sounds amazing doing Blake works. Like I love watching that. Like I've never seen it live, but it looks like I've seen the clips and I amazing. it gets me fired up. Like I'm like, I cannot imagine the energy that it, everyone would crazy. be feeling. Like, yeah. are you working with William Forsyth? Like have you have you mm. had him in? So no, we mm-hmm. we originally learned it with um Forsyth like repertoire people. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um because of COVID and he can't mm. come out here, but we've been doing Zoom rehearsals with him, which has been really cool. And he is just such a genius and the way he works is amazing. He's mm. really cool. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, that sounds incredible. <laughs> so what's your favorite food? Um Mexican food. <laughs> like I know that's like general, but uh, tacos, burritos, mm. um, anything Mexican food related. I literally had tacos tonight. Um <laughs> but black beans, guac, like avocado, just anything Mexican related is my favorite food. Also like Domino's, American Domino's pizza. Mm. (laughs) It's like my junk food (laughs) choice. I love it. Um, Okay, let's get into like the nitty gritty about your journey as a dancer. Um, Mm -hmm. From the beginning, you touched lightly on it, um, but you can kind of go back and retrace. So you started, you know, in the US. Yeah, so, um, you know, growing up doing contemporary and jazz really helped me now. And the thing is, is that when I first went to professional school or when I first went to my big summer intensive, which was uh, SAB School of American Ballet, I hated my background. I 
was ashamed of it because everyone came from these like really good classical schools. Everyone had a like good technique for their age and I was so behind and I hated where I came from for so long. But now I am so happy where I came, like that I came from a contemporary and jazz background because technique was something that I was able to pick up throughout going to these really amazing professional schools and being surrounded by these other people who had amazing technique. I was able to pick that up and work. I had to work really hard to catch up. But in the end, I'm so glad that I have that background because now that, I mean, my technique is not perfect. I still struggle with it compared to some other people, but I, I have that contemporary background. So when I have to do things that aren't classical ballet, it's like, oh, I grew up doing this. This is so natural for me. And, you know, for some of the people who grew up in these, like doing Vaganova, they have no clue how to move their body in certain ways. And so I'm really grateful that I um, started like that. Um, and it was so much fun as a kid going to all these competitions. And I, I really enjoyed it um, when I did it. And then, yeah, I went to Houston Ballet, which was an interesting two years. I, mm -hmm. so I guess we'll start off when I got there. I was probably the worst in my class. Uh, people were really mean about it too. Uh, it was really hard at Houston, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. but I worked my ass off mm -hmm. those two years I was there. And at the end of the two years, I was one of the boys who was offered um, a second company contract. So it was really full circle for me to like mm. be the worst to then, I don't want to say one of the best, but to, to be in a position where I, was, yeah. where I was offered a mm. second company contract. But those two years were interesting. You know, I had a roommate who is like my, one of my best friends now, his name is Andrew. Mm. Uh, and he's a dancer at the Norwegian Ballet. Mm -hmm. um, but we were like the same height, same body type. Uh, we looked kind of similar. Mm -hmm. We were constantly compared and we were also roommates for those two years in the dorms, which was yeah. incredibly, I hate saying this word, but like incredibly toxic yeah. for mm -hmm. such a young person to be like compared with someone all mm -hmm. day and then have to go live with them in the evening. Yeah. Um, so there were plenty of struggles at Houston that I dealt with. Um, it was not the place for me. Mm -hmm. And so even though I was offered a second company contract, I knew I wanted something different. You know, I was not happy with my technique, even though my uh, technique improved a lot. I was like craving something more, something like, I don't know, just I would see things on Instagram or YouTube of these Vaganova, these European trained dancers, dancers at Royal, you know, mm -hmm. that just had this, this pure technique. And I, I really wanted that. So I auditioned for quite a few places. Um, and the places where I ended up getting offered were, was San Francisco year round, because I also went to their summer intensive, which was a blast. Mm -hmm. um, I got offered at Dutch national trainee program, which ended up being European, European school yeah, ballet. It okay. was like yeah, in yeah. the middle of the transition uh -huh. when I auditioned. Okay. Um, mm. And then I got John Cranko and I even got an offer from Vaganova, but I decided at the end, after I visited John Cranko, I just felt like the history in the building. Mm -hmm. Everyone was so nice. And it was really what I was craving, this like really hard Russian technique. And so, yeah, I decided to go to John Cranko got to John Cranko once again it was kind of starting all over I felt su super behind mm. um and yeah once again I, I worked really hard there and it was by far the hardest thing I've ever done 
mm-hmm. uh, those two years, but not in not in a bad way whatsoever, like in an amazing way, but in a like physical and mental mm-hmm. push. It was the hardest thing I ever did. I mean, mm-hmm. having my my Russian teacher doing exams, dancing all day, rehearsals, it was insane you know two hour two to three hour technique classes like it was crazy it was so incredibly difficult Mm -hmm. but I enjoyed it so much and Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed my time at John Cranko despite you know some class drama of course that happens but a lot of the people that I went to John Cranko with are like family to me and Mm -hmm. um so yeah at the end well I guess halfway through my graduation year Mm. I started working with Stuttgart Ballet, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. We were doing Sleeping Beauty. It was super fun. And I realized that in, in that moment with the other boys who got selected that we were, you know, the ones that they were looking at for the apprenticeship contract. So okay. I worked really hard when I, when I was there. They came and watched our exams. You know, I worked really hard for that. And Stuttgart Ballet, it was something that when I came to John Cranko, I knew Stuttgart Ballet had a type and I knew that um, I had a chance like I mm-hmm. knew I was technically behind from the, from the other boys but I knew that they like you know taller boys so I went into John Cranko knowing that like I could possibly have the opportunity mm-hmm. to get the contract yeah at Stuttgart Ballet and I knew how good Stuttgart Ballet was so um, I remember the day I got the contract it was so amazing you know mm-hmm. auditioning sounds like absolute hell I've never had to audition for a company it sounds like hell I watched my friends go through it I feel so bad for them and I'm very <laughs> lucky that I did not have to go through that mm-hmm. process but yeah and then I got the apprenticeship here mm-hmm. and yeah I worked really hard this year and I got the core contract which I'm mm-hmm. super super grateful for yeah that's, that's yeah, that so was good. Like a more, that was a more in-depth. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's great. I want to yeah. um, kind of, I guess, what was it? Talk more about kind of that feeling of like that whole playing catch-up that seems to be obviously like a feeling that you've, you know, had to deal with for quite a while, especially yeah. moving different schools and the standard, you know, might be quite different, the expectations, whatever this not necessarily the standard, but, you know, the techniques different at a vagan of a school than maybe at a, yeah. you know, there's different expectations. And I really relate to that, especially that feeling of, you know, going in as kind of like maybe one of the worst and having to like almost kill yourself to like get anywhere. Um, yeah. And that whole thing as well about being, um, going to an environment where everyone's got a really classical background and maybe you haven't and you feel like, oh my God, like almost ashamed that you, don't have that like I really relate to that and I'm sure there's definitely dancers out there in the same position but what was some things that you that kind of helped you push through those feelings of you know those uncomfortable moments where you felt like oh my god like I'm very behind like what how am I going to catch up like because a lot of people will just doubt themselves and think oh my god like is this possible am I even going to be able to do this like you know it's difficult i I'd say you have to find a way to turn Mm -hmm. that feeling into motivation Mm -hmm. because there's two things you can do with that feeling. You can either feel like shit, which I did in a way, but feel Mm -hmm. like shit and then just kind of get down on yourself Mm -hmm. and not do anything about it. Or Mm -hmm. you can somehow turn that feeling into like a drive and 
I don't want to say anger, but a passion and a yeah. motivation mm-hmm. to where you go in every day and you're like, I don't want this anymore. And, you know, I always say you're, you're in control of your own happiness. And I, I know it's easier said than done. And mm-hmm. people love to make excuses for themselves and mm-hmm. say, well, this and this, but at the end of the day, you are in control of your happiness. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do it, you can, mm-hmm. you just have to find the motivation for it. Mm-hmm. And I, would go into class every day and I learned how to love the working. working. I I learned how to love working in class, Mm -hmm. um, which stuck with me all throughout school and still to now. And it really, really helped. So Mm. also technique will come, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that you don't even see. Like Mm. it's crazy over my four years that I trained at professional schools, like if I would have never had these videos to look back on, I would have thought like I never got better. But when you go back and watch the videos, it's like, oh my gosh. So just realize it's like a slow burn. It's a Mm -hmm. slow process and you're not going to notice the results really, but just know that if you are putting in the work, you are improving and Mm. yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And I really relate to the, like, I guess for the whole idea of falling in love with working um and having that motivation because I get I do get a lot of questions about people saying like you know I'm feeling unmotivated how do I find motivation to do this you have to find that reason to keep going like you have to find that in yourself no one else is going to be there you know okay you might be in an environment where you have teachers like you know pushing you solely you and putting all their energy into you to make you help you improve but if you don't have it like mentally inside you or in your heart then it's not yeah. it's not and gonna I, come. I also I also wish I could tell everyone like the secret to finding this motivation within yourself, but I can't because yeah. it's so individual. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. is gonna find their own way to find mm-hmm. motivation in themselves. And I can't yeah. even tell you one thing. It's not one thing. Yeah. It's just it comes from within mm-hmm. and you have to learn how to find those emotions within yourself. Yeah. But yeah. I can't tell it, you know, I can't tell anyone how or, yeah. you know, oh, I yeah. guess I didn't even realize in the moment that I was doing it. But now mm-hmm. looking back, I realized, oh, these were, you know, maybe some things that mm-hmm. made me feel like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, just it's very individual. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You just got to find it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, what, so obviously moving over to, you know, your journey, your, you know, experience at John Cranko, mm-hmm. um, were there any, I guess, like more mental struggles or even, you know, at Houston that you struggled yeah. with um, during that time, whether it be yeah. anything from comparison, you know, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so I'd say that the two big things mm-hmm. that I experienced was number one, comparison mm-hmm. um, and number two, body image issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess first we'll talk about comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Houston, I compared myself to my roommate all the time. Yeah. Well, and, you were getting compared you know, in class. <laughs> yeah, we were getting compared in class. We would yeah. always go for the same roles. You know, everyone, mm-hmm. either, classmates were comparing us. You know, it was mm-hmm. everyone. Um, and it was re- ended up being really hard for me. And I don't think it was ever so hard for him. I think he had just a more carefree <laughs> mindset but now we're yeah. like best friends and I love him so much that's um, good you know I and then also at John Cranko I mean I guess I compared myself a lot to my mm-hmm. other classmates and also even now being in the company mm-hmm. um the boy who I am an apprentice with and I'll be core with next year who graduated with me his name is Eduardo he mm-hmm. is like the most technically perfect 
dancer I've ever seen, boy, girl, doesn't like he is the most technically clean dancer. And it's super hard not to compare myself. I mean, we mm. graduated together, we're apprentices yeah. together, we're both gonna be core together. Yeah. And so I even struggle with this now. Mm-hmm. Um I will say though that I think as I've gotten older, I've I've turned it into less of a competitive thing mm-hmm. um, and more of a motivation you know I feel so lucky I get to go in class with him every day and look at him and you know just watch him and get motivated by him as to what I can do better Mm. and less is like I want to like compete with him for the same things um and also I think as you get older as a ballet dancer you realize that everyone has their own journey and everyone has their own process and it it takes time for Mm. some people more than others and so I guess this comparison thing used to be a huge problem for me. And now mm-hmm. it still is sometimes. I still find myself comparing myself in a toxic way. Mm-hmm. But I've also learned how to turn it into a good thing and turn it into motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that. And then body image has mm-hmm. always been a huge thing for me. And I think some, and I've never had, I do want to say this first, I've never had any eating disorders related to my body image issues which I'm very grateful for and you know I see boys and girls Good. Yeah. both struggling with yeah. that so mm-hmm. I do want to preface by saying that I don't struggle with that and I've never struggled with that mm-hmm. but I think it's also very valid to talk about body image um without eating disorders because I also think a lot of people in the ballet world experience that like yeah and I think sometimes you think like oh well I don't have it that bad because I don't have an eating disorder mm-hmm. and I I don't think you should sweep it under the rug that easily. Like, yeah, no, you know, those, those feelings are still very valid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, you know, even though I'm a, a skinny person, I'm, I'm tall, I, I'm long, you know, I think people will think like, oh, you know, why are you complaining or something? But, you know, mm-hmm. everyone finds their own way, ways yeah. to think about the body. You know, I don't have amazing yep. feet. I, my knees don't fully straighten. I don't have the most perfect rotation. Um, I don't have control of my arms because, you know, they're a bit long for my body. Like, you know, there's a million things to pick apart about yourself. And um, so that's always been really hard for me, you know, looking yeah. in the mirror constantly. I have a problem still of looking in the mirror when I'm dancing because I'm always looking at my body. Yeah. Um, sometimes I see my body differently from day to day. I can wear the same thing, look in the same yeah. mirror, and I'll see a different body. Yeah. Um, and I still struggle with it. Mm-hmm. It has gotten a lot better since I left school because, you know, mm-hmm. school, you're standing at a bar. Oh, okay. It's, you know, first position. They're looking. You have to be unison. It's like yeah. super clear technique, mm-hmm. especially when you're training Paganova. Mm-hmm. So that, those two years at John Kringle were so hard. I remember my, my teacher changed my uniform one day to wear like, um, I used to wear like a, a shirt that was kind of a leotard that was tucked in and I, mm-hmm. I could wear my, my, tights at hip level and then he did this very Russian tradition thing where the tights were like up to your rib cage and then you had a short little shirt on I hated how my body looked I remember I was like cry in class so you know I my heart goes out to like anyone who's in ballet school because I know how freaking hard it is and Mm -hmm. it's just gotten a lot better for me as like a professional dancer getting to wear what I want and just the focus is less on your body and Mm -hmm. you know that's something that I wish um someone would have told me or my teachers would have told me that like your body will not make that big of a difference when you're a professional of course 
you know, there are certain standards in the ballet world that, yeah. you know, are standards and mm -hmm. whether I agree with them or not, like they're going to yeah. be standards at the end of the day for now. Yeah. Um, but I wish, like I had a teacher or someone tell me that like, you need to stop focusing on your body and mm -hmm. start focusing on your dancing. Cause I think I lost a lot of time mm -hmm. focusing on how to make certain things look a certain way when it's like, that's not even technique. Like technique isn't necessarily even how your body looks. It's, mm -hmm. you know, the placement and the way of doing a tendu, the way of doing a plie, that's your technique. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess I just wish that I would have had someone tell me to focus more on my dancing and less on my body. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that would have yes, benefited I, me. Mm -hmm. So that's so that's my um, message, like any younger dancers out there, like focus less on your body. Of course, focus on your lines and what you can do. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, there's an energy within you and there's a placement and there's a way to do a tondu mm -hmm. that's correct without, you know, just like looking at your body. So yeah. yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I really, I really relate to that. Um, And I think, especially the whole thing about like, I don't know, like people will think that if you look a certain way, you can't kind of struggle with body image. And I also found it interesting how even like the things that you talked about, you struggle with weren't, you know, I don't know, like particular, I don't know. I'm sure guys think about it like this as well, but I remember looking back and even talking to people in the podcast that a lot of people have almost like a fixation on, you know, the shape of their thigh, um, you know, their hips, you know, you know, their bum, things like that more yeah. like you know especially when you're going through puberty and all those things that a lot of you know people will just like struggle with because their bodies are changing and I remember because I, I kind of hit puberty pretty late um that you know everyone has their things that they struggle with and I just remember so many times people would just be like oh you know Romy like why what are you why are you feeling like that because look at you like you don't you're like half the size or whatever and it's it's crazy how like everyone can still feel no matter what their body looks like can still feel so unhappy with themselves yeah um, you know the way they look or whatever and it's it's interesting talking to people and their different kind of situations and feelings around it for yeah. sure but it's difficult and you really like you said like as a dancer I wish someone had said that to me that spend less time worrying about your body like that's not that's not the thing that's going to make you like a better dancer obviously mm -hmm. like you said there's expectations particularly in the ballet world um and when you're getting into that professional thing there's directors have things they're looking for and you know it's yeah it's different and it it's is, difficult yeah but yeah. it is that that side of the ballet world like once again whether we all hate it we all agree yeah, with exactly. it, like, whatever it's mm -hmm. um, it's um, it's there yeah and, but at the end of the day you can't change how you are but what you can mm -hmm. change is your your dancing yeah and that's what's going to get you get you through the door i think mm -hmm. yeah and really exactly. gonna also put you in a higher place once you begin your career because i see certain dancers at super ballet like just because they don't have the best bodies, you know, some of them are principals and they're amazing dancers. And, you know, they weren't blessed with, you know, the best feet and the longest legs, but like their dancing is mm. what's amazing. And when they're on stage, that's what shines through is their yeah. dancing and not necessarily like these little nitpicky mm. things that we yeah. focus on our yeah. bodies, like knobby knees or, you know, yeah. you, honestly, like if you're dancing, you don't notice that stuff on stage. Yeah, exactly. And most of the time, and this is where it's so interesting. Like we're so hard on ourselves. 
um, you know, in a leotard tights and talking mainly classical, like ballets, a lot of the time, no one's going to see your, like your pelvis or like your rotation from the tops of your hips. Maybe <laughs> if you're in Forsyth, yes, maybe. But like yeah. most of the time you're in a tutu for girls and you're in a long skirt and there's so much, I don't know, there's just a lot of things that the audience aren't looking for. That's not what they're looking at. They're not going to look at like little yeah. things that we might focus on about like, oh, the shape of my bum or whatever, the size of my thigh or things like that that yeah. are usually covered. Um, but obviously it is difficult to not think about. And it's Oh, difficult. yeah. It's so much easier said than done. Yeah. But you have to, you just, you have to try somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about more about, like you did mention that, you were very lucky that you didn't have to like do any auditions, which is great. But like that, so that second half of your third year when you were, you know, doing stuff with John Cranko, I mean, you were still at John Cranko and you were doing stuff with Stuttgart for Sleeping Beauty. What was that experience like in the sense that, you know, you were like, oh, okay, there's, this is, you know, there could be a chance you know, there's a possibility that, you know, and they're watching me like that whole, that feeling of pressure and knowing that you had a certain responsibility and that may not have you felt before. I don't know. Yeah. So I'd say when we had our exam at the end of our first year, I knew it was going to be the last exam mm-hmm. that they saw before they were going to choose. So okay. that was very much how can I have the best technique? Mm -hmm. How can I focus on that and shine through in that way? Because I knew, you know, it's exam. It's, you're not really expressing it. It's really like to watch a Vagata exam. It's pure technique. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was really focusing on then. But when I started working with the company, you know, I was doing, you know, core roles, like, you know, Mm -hmm. lots of standing and, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, and uh, some, some dancing, but I'd say the main thing that I was focusing on then and the pressure was to like know your shit and make sure that you can fill in, you can be a reliable person, you're smart Mm. and you blend in honestly. And that was what I was focusing on when I was doing that because that's what they're, that's what they're looking for. You know, they're not, at that time, they're not looking for someone to be a star principal. They're looking for someone who can fill in, who can be smart, you know, I think those things are very important. That's what a company is looking for, especially at the beginning. Uh- Hi guys, I'm just interrupting the episode. I hope you've enjoyed it so far, but I'm just coming on here to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Imperfect Points and they're giving you a discount of 15% off the entire website. That is 15% off with the code HC15. I repeat, HC15 gets you 15% off the entire site. Sustainable dance where it's all made in the UK from recycled nylons. Everyone in the process is paid a very fair wage and you're not exploiting anyone. You're getting yourself new dancewear and it's great for the environment and the litards are made to last, which is really important. They're super flattering and I love them. I do reviews on my Instagram stories, so you can check them out over at the Hardcore Podcast or you can check out their litards over on at imperfectpoints.com or at imperfectpoints on Instagram. Completely up to you and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Um... And yeah, and I also think something that people don't talk about, and I think is so important, and I think this was also something that I focused on this year as an apprentice trying to get a core contract, Mm -hmm. was having a personality. People like to work with people with personalities. No one wants to work with the person who's like, like super 
curious, like doesn't have presence, doesn't have, um, just even walking through the halls, not even just when you're dancing. I think it's so important. No one wants to work with someone who, who doesn't have a personality. Um, so always just trying to bring positive energy to the room, always having a smile on your face, being a relatable human being. I think it's also something that's super important and it, it can make a difference. It really can. Yeah. That's so those really were good. some of the things that I was some of those some of the things that I was focusing on, other than you know, trying to be a good dancer and all those things. But I think those are other things that are really important um when you're auditioning for a company. Even in even in on an audition, if you I know I've never done it like in a for a company, but if you can walk in there and like just have a positive energy, people are attracted to that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting, um, like the differences that you felt that I don't know that you had to like show you know, from the difference of the exam to then be like, okay, what is being valued in like different environments? Because like in a school mm-hmm. environment, particularly around exams, you know, technique is, that was like the main focus. And then it completely, I wouldn't say switched, but then you had these yeah. other things that you kind of had to think about that were almost, as, I don't know, like they're not lower, but like, oh, you know, so you're doing a lot of course stuff, you're standing around, but you're still, there's these expectations of you that maybe, I don't know, maybe a lot of people don't don't think about, I don't know, because it's different depending on whether you've had, I guess, an experience in that environment or not. Because I'm mm-hmm. sure there'll be some people from school, like it's good that you did that during school. Because I, I know, like when I was at school, we had a similar situation, like we'd do full-length ballets and people would, you know, they'd be understudies, people would have to jump in. There was like an expectation to know what the person on the other side of the room was doing for that part or whatever. And I think a lot of dancers, if they're not having that experience at school, it can be, you know, quite difficult to jump straight into their first company job and be like, you know, school was is very, you know, it's a certain way of thinking, it's a certain, you know, it's it's different. And then to go into yeah. an environment where you're almost, I don't want to say you're doing less because I'm not 100% sure, but like, no, if you're for doing sure. cool stuff, not, you might you know, be standing. You're doing, not doing four pirouettes and you're not yeah. doing crazy grand allegro. You're doing balance, a balance, <laughs> a right? Like those are the yeah, things yeah, yeah. you're doing. And, yeah. you know, you can be an amazing dancer, but if you can't fill in for that, like you're not going to, I don't think you're going to have a career. Like, cause mm. you have to go through core. You have to be yeah. doing this, you know, the core roles. So I think yeah. those are really important things. And, you know, obviously a lot of dancers who have amazing technique can go into that and do that just fine, but mm. it's, it's a lot of a mental thing and, you know, being a smart dancer. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. companies really love and schools, but I think companies really love smart dancers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's like a really important thing that I think often people think that, oh, you know, I'm going to a company, I need to be super amazing, I need to be this, but like forget that there's all these like small things like relation making, having good relationships, having a good energy, being smart, mm-hmm. knowing what yeah. you're doing. Um, yeah, so I feel like that kind of leads on to, you know, mad during your you know, training, whatever, how did you find having like a normal life, having a balance with being able to do stuff outside of ballet and like, how did you juggle that? Or if you did, or if you didn't? Yeah, yeah. I, I always found it quite easy mm-hmm. to have a social life. I'm a very social person and I think I've always been really good at making that a priority in my life because, um, 
you know, what I have to say about it, at least, is that as dancers, we are artists and you have to go on stage and portray emotions in whatever role you're doing, um, especially, you know, principal roles. And, you know, you're playing Romeo and Juliet and you're supposed to be falling in love or um, you're doing Meyerling and you're supposed to be showing these crazy, crazy emotions. If you're the bunhead who spent every weekend in your room stretching, there is no way you're going to pull those emotions out of nowhere like you have to go out in life and experience things to be an artist and to have emotions like I don't know why there's this weird thing with dancers that like if you think about almost any other artist like Mm. every other artist is encouraged to go live life and to like find um just like creativity and to be inspired and for some reason dancers it's like no stay home and stretch and Mm. blah 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 I I hate that and I'm really glad that I've always um like made having like a social life a priority in my life Mm -hmm. um and you know I went to public school Mm -hmm. so I had a very normal social life before I moved away from home and I think that also really helped I think people who start homeschooling to like really young may have a problem also some don't I've met people who have been homeschooled their whole life and have a great social life I'm not trying to generalize I'm just saying for me for me it was easier having a social life since I did attend public school and was around a lot of kids who weren't in the dance world um and when I went to Houston actually Houston was what um a little bit of a time where I didn't have the best social life but I think that was also because I didn't have um the best friends there Mm -hmm. a lot of people were really mean to me Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the best social life then but whenever I could go out I would second year at Houston was a lot better and once I got to John Cranko my social life was (laughs) honestly the best it ever been I was just surrounded by people we were all so excited we're all like living in Mm. Europe like what the hell like Mm. you know we could travel we could go out at night it was so much fun Mm. and looking back having a better social life made me so much more focused when I was in class. I think if you're in class all day, Mm. Monday through Saturday, and then you spend Saturday and Sunday also thinking about ballet, there's no way that you can have that same Mm. um, attention and focus when you go back on Monday. You have to just have a little (laughs) bit of time to yourself and not think about ballet. Mm. And I think that helped me focus more in class was having a social life. And also to this day, um, this year has been really amazing socially for me. Mm. Uh, I have a really close group of friends. And I think that also really helped me focus when I was at work, when I was, you know, doing what I needed to be doing. I wasn't distracted in any way because I got that out of the way on my own personal time. So I think it's really important, like I said, to find these emotions, to become an artist, I mean, how are you supposed to go play Romeo or Juliet and you've never had like an experience yeah. like falling in love or like yeah. going on a date or like meeting someone or like how are you having those you know? feelings? Mm. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And I wish, and this is, I get so frustrated because like one of my teachers at school was so like anti all of that. Mm-hmm. And it just like I look back and it really frustrates me because like, at 16 like I kind of I say fell under that trap of thinking that you know I had to go home and like he he used to tell me that I had to go and stretch for two hours every night after ballet and like finish at eight o'clock at night I'm like I can't cope with this and it's like this expectation to be like 
a perfect bunhead, whatever that, which doesn't exist. And that like, you can't go and have fun and experience things and actually like live and, you know, have these emotions and feel certain ways and just like let go almost. Um, Like it really frustrates me that like that was a thing. And I know there's teachers out there that are that. And I think this is why it's so important to kind of talk about and particularly talk to dancers who are able to show, you know, that there's this control in the sense that like they're able to work hard, but they're also able to play hard because I think sometimes there is a misconception that people like go off the rails or they aren't, they, you know, they stop, you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. And so to also add to that, I think social media with ballet Mm. contributes to that so much because when you go on like Mara Chalk's Instagram every single post is her doing ballet and every single post is her stretching and doing exercise and I'm sure she's a great person like this is not me like talking shit on her I'm sure she's an amazing person but either what's on social media is maybe it is real Mm. that that's all she does but that's not healthy that's that's not healthy for anyone or she does do other things but she just doesn't post about it and that's also fine mm. but when a little girl goes on a maritrox instagram and sees all she does is ballet they think they have to fall fall under that expectation of like that's what a ballerina is and that's what a mm. ballerina does yeah. and i think that's incredibly toxic and that's why i on my social media like i make it very very clear that i do like a lot of other things yeah. than ballet and mm-hmm. i have a life outside of ballet yeah. um yeah I think that's yeah I mean and she's not the only one like (laughs) and anyone will know but like anyone will know that that like there's a lot of people in ballet whether it be professionals or students that do curate well I don't know it could be all 100% real could be curated and only show certain parts of their life but there definitely is that part like definitely 100% agree whether you see days in the life and it's like ballet 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 you know go home and stretch and like only eat certain things and mm-hmm. and and then I go watch a ballet to like end the night like all these kind of yeah I'd say they're pretty unrealistic to be able to maintain on a daily basis without mm-hmm. like actually yeah and I, I think crazy. that's really important when you watch like day in the life of a mm. ballet dancer like even with mine I always try to preface like this is one day mm-hmm. like every day is different yeah um and you know there are some other there are some people that like I'm very close with even as super ballet like they post a lot of ballet but I, and I know them personally and mm. I know they have like an amazing social life outside of ballet mm. but I just wish I could tell these younger people who yeah. are on social media mm-hmm. that like this person is allowed mm. and they have the right to post just ballet and keep their yeah. personal life private yeah. like I respect that mm-hmm. but I just wish I could go tell like all these like little boys yeah. and girls who are yeah. in these professional schools that like this is like one side of things you yeah. know like mm-hmm. this isn't everything yeah yeah exactly like I think like that's so important to kind of remember when you're kind of watching anyone through social media that that's never going to be a hundred percent the thing it doesn't matter whether they show you know every side to their life or one side to their life or you know not much of their life like you will never know the full story like no matter how much they post you will never know yeah and I'm super open open on social media like I share Mm -hmm. a lot about my life Mm -hmm. but I still don't share everything like there's things go on in my life and there's personal facts about myself that I don't 
mm. share and I have every right to not share those yeah. things but even though I'm a really open person like mm. there is not everything out there and yeah and I think that's also really helped me doing social media is now like when I look on someone else's Instagram or YouTube like I'm like okay Tristan you got to remind yourself like this is mm. like you know not everything this is only a part of the picture yeah and I think you have to remind yourself like particularly to all like my younger listeners like the younger listeners out there you have to remind yourself no matter how much someone on social media how much they post or how much you know you may have watched them on youtube or followed them on instagram for years and you may think you know like everything in you because they post a lot of things but you will never know the full extent because no one can fit 24 hours of their of their day on social media let alone the feelings that they're feeling through that day like there's so much you will never know and people have you know absolutely have the right to not share everything because why would Mm -hmm. you 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 know you're trying to live your own life you're not you know like you don't need to there's no you didn't sign a paper saying I have to share every single part of my life on social media no like so you have to take it with a pinch of salt and you know you just can't or like compare your life and think that you need to live like someone else because at the end of the day you don't know if that's actually how they're living their life like yeah yeah 1000 percent. but that's good that you're you know that you've got that balance because i you know i think a lot of dancers definitely struggle with that particularly in that in-between stage of like when they first move away from home and all that sort of stuff it's difficult yeah and also another another message i just i guess i want to say is i going through ballet school I saw a lot of dancers think that they have they they can't go out they can't go to the club they can't drink they can't have fun like you can do it because Mm -hmm. I promise you every principle and I'm not out here if you're not of age please do not do these things (laughs) I want to say that but if you are 18 in Europe or 21 in America Mm. you know don't be afraid to go have those life experiences because every principal ballerina or almost every principal dancer that you see also does these things. It's okay to go have a life. And once again, if you are of age, I don't want to be promoting <laughs> yeah. to young kids, but um, it's fine, it's fine, if it's you fine. are of age, don't be afraid to go live your life because mm. all of your idols probably go out and live their life. Mm. So don't be afraid to go do it. But yeah, yeah. I just want to say that one last thing. No, exactly. I, and I definitely felt like I've definitely thought that. I've always thought, I mean, like I thought that, oh, this dancer you know I want to be like them they look like they had they're very like bunhead thing Mm -hmm. only and they don't go out and live their life but I'm sure they do and because yeah that's what you know you're living your life like you're an adult you're able to do stuff and I think for you know these people have their balance under control they know what they're doing like and one day ballet is going to end and you're going to look back and you're not going to oh, yeah. be able to dance anymore. And you're going to be like, what do I even have anymore? Like yeah. all you have are, are exactly. memories of yourself dancing and you don't have life experience. And yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. You need to go live your life guys. If you're not already. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk more about your kind of journey with YouTube and how that started. Um why why did you you know what kind of made you decide to have a youtube channel but also like because it's been how many years have you had it oh, no, wait. <laughs> i think like a little over three years now okay yeah but so like mm, and that, like so i originally it. started 
when I, my second year in Houston, like halfway through my second year, I was just like a YouTube nerd. I loved watching all the aesthetic YouTubers I, and like not okay. ballet ones. Like yeah, I just yeah. was obsessed with YouTube, YouTube culture, just like mm. obsessed with yeah. all that, you know, Emmett, like OG Emma Chamberlain days. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. still obsessed with Emma Chamberlain, but like <laughs> OG Emma Chamberlain days, like those were, that's what yeah. really inspired me to start YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I don't know how I got the courage to do it, but I guess I was just like, you know, I'm going to do this. I want to do it. And I had a few friends that were really supportive of it. So I just started it and my first videos were shit. And, you know, I didn't get views or anything. I was just doing it because I, it was kind of like a, a dream to be like that. Never, Mm -hmm. I never really thought like I could Mm -hmm. um, have a following or make cool videos but mm-hmm. it was just kind of I don't even know I don't even know what I was doing honestly <laughs> I can't tell you but you know I, I did it very very casually for mm-hmm. a very long time I would you know I remember when I moved to John Cranko or when I moved to Germany and I started at John Cranko I didn't post for like three months or something mm-hmm. it was very very much a casual thing just did it when I had time and slowly but surely I started you know gaining more views and it just kind of snowballed into mm-hmm. what it is now mm-hmm. and I started taking it pretty seriously I guess maybe about a little over a year ago is when I started doing mm-hmm. it quite often like I was trying to make consistent videos yeah um you know and I always wanted to make my videos not only about ballet that was a huge thing for me because I also kind of started it as an escape from ballet and as something to have like outside because I really did want something outside Mm. of ballet and so of course I have my YouTube of course like my YouTube videos have ballet integrated within them some videos are fully ballet videos but a lot of them are just ballet integrated within it or not about ballet at all about traveling and you know living in Europe and living abroad but yeah and then I'd say it was last summer was when I really started like making money from it and it was really strange but Mm. yeah I started making money from it and it's been really great to have that as like a second income Mm. and I've been able to like save for my future uh, which feels really amazing as a 20 year old because I know not many 20 year olds can say that they're saving money uh, so I'm really, really grateful for that. I'm really grateful for everyone who follows and supports me because I wouldn't be anywhere without like those people. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a really great thing to have outside of ballet, and it's taught me a lot of um, just like life lessons. You know, it's almost like a mini business in a way. I've learned how to manage and you know market myself, and yeah. So it's been really cool. And it's been a a long journey. And honestly, it's funny, though, because it feels like I haven't been doing YouTube for that long. That's why when you're like, how long have you been doing it? I'm like, holy shit, three years. Like, it's crazy to me. Yeah, no, it's crazy how, like, yeah, like, things have grown since. Because I think, I'm trying to remember. Because I really, like, I... But I don't know, one of the first videos that I came across of yours, like, I was like, oh, my God, finally, someone's, like, making you know some sort of like ballet content on youtube that isn't like some crappy like okay maybe it wasn't like your best piece of work but like it wasn't like some blurry like i don't know there's some weird things on there and i was like oh okay gonna subscribe let's just see where this goes to this sort of thing um and yeah like i 
I want to set, I can't remember if it was like 14K or like 1,400. Like it was something like that. Okay. I don't know. I can't remember. I, I can't remember. So probably, so probably. Like, it was your Houston vlog? Like Houston. Yeah, okay. it was. Because yeah. I remember I posted that Houston vlog though. Mm. And like five months later, it started getting views. It was. Maybe that random. was it. It like came up on my like you know explore page recommended yeah yeah and it wasn't like it wasn't like a brand new video but um yeah and I was like oh okay this is interesting some like dance user at a professional school is like making videos let's let's subscribe um yeah. yeah so it's kind of been it's been really interesting kind of I guess watching your journey I guess or what yeah. you at least put out of your journey yeah um and I've always loved YouTube like you know like you said you, you were a YouTube geek almost in the sense yeah. like I love watching YouTube um so and I think it's great like obviously and it's amazing kind of how it's grown and the fact that it's you know a second income but how have you managed to kind of like create content while dancing full-time and now obviously like working in a company um I know we've had COVID so that's you know been yeah so before COVID when I was, I was still in school. Mm. I can't remember how I had the time, quite honestly, because <laughs> I was doing so much at school. Mm. But back then, I wasn't making pretty consistent videos. I mean, yeah. I'm slacking right now. Like, I've been not making the most consistent <laughs> videos, but I would make videos when I had time. And like, mm. I would, you know, my days off were like YouTube days. <laughs> like, I would yeah. spend, mm-hmm. you know, it was really difficult. I'd come mm. home late, but also, um my editing style if you will uh has gotten quite a bit more like advanced quite yeah. over quarantine like yeah, I no, learned no, no. I a have lot noticed. yeah 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 and so now it takes me like like four that. times five times as long to make a youtube video so I think it was quite a bit but easier then oh I mean like a vlog can take like yeah. 10 12 hours okay. in a week to yeah edit. that's a lot yeah so, you know, over quarantine mm. and just Corona in general, my schedule has been really easy. So it's been really mm-hmm. nice um, in September. Like even now it's starting to pick up and like I'm struggling quite honestly, mm. um, how I'm going to do this mm. and when Dance it takes back up, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to have to see it, mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to see because yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I can imagine like, yeah I mean even like having this podcast like it takes you know having doing these things like it does take time out of whatever you're doing normally um but obviously it's yeah I guess you'll see kind of like where it goes and how you do that with a full like working schedule yeah um but I like how have you felt that obviously as your channel's grown and I guess your Instagram's probably grown with it having more eyes watching you have you ever felt that there's more pressure to either put out certain a certain quality of content or has it been like more about like you you're wanting to put out good content for yourself or have I don't know do you get any like comments that people like not I don't know like what's it kind of like with that having like Um, more all these eyes on you essentially yeah so the quality of content Hmm. 
it has always actually come from within me. It's yeah. never come from external. I think, That's you know, good. like I said about my editing style, it's gotten yeah. a lot more advanced and I'm very nitpicky, but mm. you know, when I'm editing, I'm not thinking like, oh, what is, what are people going to say if I don't, you know, do this little extra thing for editing? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm a perfectionist. Mm. So it has to be, you know, mm-hmm. perfect to me. And I think that's why over time, my editing style has gotten mm. changed a lot because mm. at the more I learn, like I can't go back. Like I can't mm. like Yeah, you go back that. to your old quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's, you know, some YouTubers that I know and they edit one way and they've edited the same way for years and that's fine for them because they make they just like making content and they like you know what they're saying and what they're doing and for me it is about what I'm saying and what I'm doing but it's also like I'm a very like it needs to look a certain way it needs to look aesthetic it needs to like this vibe like I'm crazy about it (laughs) Um, but also the eyes on me I guess uh the more people who watch me like the less like actual ballet of myself I pose because I'm I just I'm so critical on myself I have teachers who are critical on myself I have people who I who I dance with who obviously watch me and have their own thoughts about my dancing Mm -hmm. and it's like to then have like I think about like 140 around 140,000 140,000 subscribers on YouTube like I don't also need 140,000 people commenting on my dancing and um, you know when I post on like the other day on TikTok I posted the like Esmeralda trend and like of course everyone's super sweet in the comments and you know Mm. that's fun and it's a joke but when it really comes to me posting like I'm I'm really insecure about posting because also like you know I know there's a lot of people who don't dance Mm. that watch me I think actually a lot of people who watch me don't really dance but also mm. there are a lot of dancers mm. who who do watch me yeah and I'm worried that like their expectation of how I dance is like a lot mm. um higher than what like how I am and that scares me so like mm. that's why I don't really post much of me dancing I feel like having a lot of people watching me scares me with that and also yeah. um with a lot of eyes on me I guess sometimes I hesitate to like live my life how I want to or mm-hmm. um it's hard you know sometimes I just like I'm like I'm a 20 year old and I want to just like go like do dumb shit and like yeah like let know. me do but yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah I have a lot of people watching me mm-hmm. and you know I don't want that to get around into my professional life in any way yeah. so I have to keep it very you know that's another hard thing is managing yeah. like, my YouTube and then also being like oh I'm a professional dancer at the Stuttgart Ballet and I have to represent them and yeah. you know my, mm-hmm. my director knows I have a YouTube channel and he knows all about it and you know I had, like he's really cool with it and open with it which I'm really grateful for he's mm. I think he's very like progressive in that way which is mm-hmm. really cool because I think the ballet world needs that yeah. but you know there's still um a level of professionality that I have to maintain even though sometimes I wish I could just hop on YouTube and be like like you know be like, yeah, like fully real honest yeah, like, raw like like you know let it all I, out. I wish I could but you know I can't do that and no. you know that's fine because I also want to have a ballet career and I know I, yeah exactly I can't have both yeah yeah no it's interesting you say that particularly I mean talking more about um like make, why you might not post as much ballet stuff like I can like I completely relate to that and I I also feel that as well sometimes with like my podcast account like I was I don't know if I've I think I was talking to someone about it the other day because I don't know like I know there's like 
people there's professional dancers that follow me on this podcast you know I've spoken mm. to pro- more like professional dancers and that's you know all these kind of like I say expert eyes and I'm sure most people don't really care but like at the same time like there is this pressure of thinking that oh you know someone's going to judge the technique of this or how I do this yeah. or that but then there's also part of me particularly knowing that I've got also like a lot of you know quite young dancers and I also want to kind of put out I guess like an image but like also the fact that you know you don't have to be perfect all the time but at the same time it's like knowing that there's I don't know two different like thought processes like I don't want someone to be think yes, like yes, what's I, like a I real I make and be like oh my god like she literally fell out a double pirouette but then I also want like people to think like oh it's okay if someone falls out a double pirouette like you know I'm not posting every single time that a double pirouette goes right or that goes wrong like I'm not going to share every single highlight and every single non-highlight but like at the same time trying to create some kind of that it's normal for you know it to happen you know no one's perfect people fall out of things people you know things don't always work out and trying to create that there is this it does happen in that if that makes sense yeah 1000 percent. but it is different. i can i can totally relate with you as to like like you said like the younger people like i want to inspire those people and you know i think as someone who has a following and also you too with this this podcast mm-hmm. i feel a, a sense of responsibility to like at least attempt to change mm. um something in the ballet world either like one thought process or, or one thing or another um and like you said like you're not always perfect like, no one always is and you want to post that and so like trying to change these things mm. but also like it's scary it's, it's you scary know, it's not because, easy to it's not yeah. easy to put this stuff mm. out and try to like change mm-hmm. this thing because not everyone is on board with that like not everyone's gonna yeah. watch like not every professional is gonna watch you posting a video of you falling out of a, out of two turns and being like, oh, go her. She's promoting this thing. Like yeah. people will judge. And yeah, I think it's, like, a really, it's, it's a really hard balance to find of like, yeah. you know, trying to like be progressive and change, mm. but also to like, just like feel comfortable and like, not, yeah. you know, worry about other people judging mm. you. And yeah. Yeah, no, it is difficult. And I like, so I completely relate to that. And even on YouTube, like, like I've seen some people like, I don't know there's a lot of ballet videos on youtube whether they be you know clips from a prid lazan variation yeah. or a ygp they're the the comp people some people on youtube have no filter when it comes to like discussing someone's like technique that they have no they don't know like i've seen some and like so i completely understand because when it comes to youtube i feel like there's more of a chance that like your video kind of like TikTok almost that like things can just kind of come up on your feed, like explore page. There's an older audience, you know, there's older people on YouTube that watch YouTube than on Instagram, Mm -hmm. for example. And so I completely relate, like understand that. Like I've seen people comment on like a pre lasagne video saying like, Oh my God, like I'm like a ballet teacher and this was really not good or like, oh she's never going to make it as a professional because look at that like this look at her leg or like or uh, stuff like that and it's like why like what like what is the need like you're not giving her any advice you're never going to see her why are you commenting on this video like no, what and you know as a as a kid I will say when you know 
and I'm sure with you too, we were introduced to social media at such a young age. Mm -hmm. And I was a little for control when I was 16, 17. Like I would go comment, like, or, like you know, I would comment anything that was on my mind, but like I was a child and like, yeah. I had, mm -hmm. you know, like maturity of a child. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm older, I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm not much older, I'm 20. Yeah, yeah. But like, anytime I go to comment something, like I think like, mm. what what is like, and it doesn't What's the make point sense in my mind when an adult goes and comments something. Yeah. Like, you can have that thought. That's a mm. fully valid thought. If you mm. think this kid is never gonna be a professional, like, mm. but you're going to comment on a public space where people are gonna see this and possibly that person. Like, yeah. what goes through your mind? You're an adult, I don't get that. And mm. you know, I had a comment the other day on my YouTube channel of me my friend Eduardo and Gabi were all in the video and like mm. you know what we're all struggling with like skin shit like we're all like breaking yeah. out and you know and someone commented like Almost. oh what's go what's going on is there like an act yeah. break in Stuttgart and I'm just like what is wrong <laughs> with you like you had to what? take time out of your day to like to go comment, comment this what is evil no way I don't, I'm, I'm, no. I just don't understand I just you know and if you're a child you know what kids make mistakes kids are gonna do dumb immature shit but like when you're an adult doing this shit like I don't understand oh my god yeah no that's too much and I'm sure you do get like funny comments on YouTube oh yeah all the time yeah like so like uh, it's so weird because I feel like people have it's kind of similar to I don't know if you feel like on TikTok but like people will just comment whatever like people will be like tag their friend and like put like uh, not sure about this one or like I don't know like we'll do weird I, stuff I, do like, I just direct message it like yeah don't send it to them shit. like I, mean, no, I don't want to make it seem like oh you're you're so sensitive and blah 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 but it's like oh, yeah, yeah. you would never go up to a person and say this so like mm -hmm. why are you gonna go comment you know what direct message it to your friend and like yeah. you know have your little thing like whatever but like yeah it doesn't need to be commented on a public space yeah exactly so yeah it's just very strange I I don't understand people that kind of like do stuff like all that publicly like just have a private mm -hmm. conversation like especially yeah I think there's yeah. there's very few times that I ever comment something mm. on anything now that's not 100% positive like mm. there's very few times when I comment on something that's not you know and like yeah, it'll yeah. be and something that for instance I think is like toxic like I think mm. um there was a there was a video on TikTok of this girl who was doing ballet and she's like, this is my routine as a ballerina. And it was like ridiculous, completely unrealistic. Oh yeah. And I commented, I said, this is a horrible video. Like, mm. I hope every young person who's watching, maybe I didn't say it's a horrible video, but I said, I said like to any young ba ballet dancer who's watching this, this is not real. This is not mm. realistic. Mm. Oh, I remember it was a girl saying, I don't go out and drink. I don't go party. I don't go do anything. And that's life of a ballerina and I commented I said just right. let everyone know this is not the life of a ballerina I'm a professional yeah. dancer in an amazing company and I can tell you the best some of the best dancers in the world do all this shit you're gonna be fine like yeah very rarely do I comment something negative yeah. and it's just when I'm you know but yeah, yeah you get yeah, the yeah. point like no I just think completely. people need to think twice before they comment mm -hmm. especially when you're an adult <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't understand some adults commenting. They they get too carried away with what they know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I think that's everything actually. 
Is there anything okay. else you want to talk about before we wrap up the episode? Or good thank you so much for having me on this was no worries at all yeah no I loved it so before you go um where can the listeners find you if they don't follow you already (laughs) yeah you can find me on instagram at tristan simpson 28 tristan with an a people always I'll I'll put it down below yeah and then on youtube you can just type in like tristan simpson i'm sure one of my videos will <laughs> something come up, will come up. i don't even like what is my youtube account like i think it's just tristan simpson i honestly don't yeah, even it's know okay. but just like uh, you guys can find it yeah and i'll link the, i'll put that's it as well. yeah mm-hmm. yeah no that's fab um thank you so much tristan for coming on and thank i hope you everyone listening enjoy the episode it's a super fun episode and i hope you learned something from it um so yeah you can hear me this time next week so bye bye